Microphone check. Does my mic sound nice? Uh. Yes, it does. Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time, where we change the narrative by changing the perspective. I'm Jared Dam, and it's about damn time to have another conversation that changes the way you think and perceive things. The only question is, are you ready? Welcome to this week's episode of It's About Damn Time. I'm Jared Dam back in the building once again. And here on Tuesday, March 28th, we conclude my series that I have loved so much giving to y'all Women in Business for Women's History Month. It's been a, it's been a great it's been a great series, honestly. I I've had a lot of fun talking to women entrepreneurs. I don't think that I actually gave the opportunity I don't think I've had the opportunity. Uh, I I might say to to say why I chose to have this particular series. It wasn't just cashing in on Women's History Month. Um, it had it had to all to do with my baby. Um, Brooklyn, as y'all know, is a very talented individual, if I do say so myself, as her dad. And uh, you know, her making business has been booming. Um, the kid don't even ask for money. Like she just go go make some cupcakes and some cinnamon rolls and make and make shit happen. And and I gotta say, um, I've just enjoyed just watching her work. I've enjoyed just the the very thought of her entre- entrepreneurial spirit. And uh, you know, we'll, we'll bounce ideas off each other. We'll talk about different things. But she she just makes it happen. And and this young lady who is almost 15 continues to inspire me. And I, and I just wanted to make sure that I had something, uh, in history, in women's history month, uh, documenting some of the other great entrepreneurs, just not women entrepreneurs, just great entrepreneurs that I know personally that inspired me each and every day. So you can tell by the voice that it's uh it's a little late. I've had more of my producer hat on as of late than my podcaster hat on, but uh, I I did not want to leave you empty-handed this week from It's About Damn Time, especially when I had something to flash back at because, yes, I've talked to team moguls, and yes, I've talked to um, new people in entrepreneurship that has, has taken their plunge, and yes, I'm talking to a tag team of business besties. But last year I talked to a startup CEO and I, and I wanted to revisit that conversation because so many great things that she was giving to us. So, um, I'm very excited, uh, to, to, to relaunch this particular episode. And so it gives me also gives me opportunity to kind of just, uh, you know, go back to my intro days when I used to sit there and and drop intros right before I do a podcast I no longer do that anymore (laughs) I got too much other stuff that I'm working on but for old times sake for those people who have listened to me for almost 100 episodes a year and I gotta do something special for the 100 episode but for all those people who have been rocking with me for this long let me hit you back with some nostalgia. This week, I revisit my conversation with Camille Hurd. Uh, she is a startup CEO of the Fellow app, uh, all about makeup and beauty and spreading that. She's she's a native of the Cleveland area. Like I said, she, we had a great, fantastic conversation um, where we where we where we talked last year and. Everything that she said, demystifying startups, and then some of the the jewels that she was just dropping, is is still prevalent and relevant um, today. So <laughs> let's do this. Let's dust this off. Without any further ado, sit back, relax, listen to Camille and me. It's about damn time. As you know, the pollen been out here choosing violence, <laughs> but. 
I got my Benadryl. Like I'm, I'm good to go. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good. It's a beautiful day in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, not sure where y'all are listening from, but I hope y'all are having some, some beautiful sunshine your way too. I hope so. You know, you know, you know, you know, because. We are heard in like over like forty countries, you know. I just want a little too long. Ooh, little, yes. you, know I mean? you know, you know, you know, some light. You know what I mean? Some, some. No, let me stop. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's um it's been a great year. I've been I've been actually enjoying the weather myself. Um, you know, trying to go out and go walk and get that that natural uh, vitamin D. Um, you know, from the sunlight, of course. And um. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. That pollen is is a is a killer. So I every time I go outside, I have to come back in and immediately shower, uh, wash my hair, wash my yep. beard, which and then take a clarity <laughs> and hope yes. for the best. <laughs> yes, no, no. I'm I'm with you on that. All right. So um you are the co founder and CEO of Fellow. Um so I I wanna definitely get into your that journey first. But before we do that, I want to do a a top five, a little bit of an icebreaker for me, um, you know, just just for people to get to know you a little bit more. And since you are so into health and beauty, and I am so not, you know, maybe you can educate me because I I do have a fourteen year old daughter who is coming. Uh, by the time this comes out, will be here with me, with be here with with daddy for a, a, a few weeks, and. Uh, she tells me all about health and beauty from from TikTok, and I just be trying to listen and follow because I because because I love her. So maybe you can tell me some of the top five health and beauty products that you use, so I can sound smart to my fourteen year old. Absolutely, no, I love that. And uh, a top five is tough because, at least in my world, um, supporting independently owned beauty brands. There are just so many dope brands that are out there that are so high quality doing their things. But a couple that are top of mind for me that are well integrated into my routine. So the Beauty um, Face Mist, it's a rose water face mist. Absolutely highly recommended. Anybody can add this to their routine. So that's one of my tops. Unsun um, Face um, SPF. So, you know, I'm, I'm blackity black, but it is still very important for black people to wear SPF. Um, especially with me, I get a lot of moles as I've gotten older, I've gotten a lot of moles on my face. Um, and so unsun, I love their, um, product because they're, um, they have tinted SPF. So it won't go on your face and you looking like a ghost and whatnot. So it's really, really great. Uh, next, oh my goodness, Smart Cookie Skincare. They have this body butter stick, y'all. Like it melts into your skin, gets all the ash off of them elbows, and it smells delicious and amazing. Or, ooh, another top, um, especially if you are a, a curly person with natural hair, I definitely recommend um, using Cosmology hair tools. So they have really, really great wide tooth combs and wide tooth brush combs. Like you just got to see it, but they work so well for detangling your hair. And ooh, a good five. I'm going to say Dr. Monica's um, perfume. Dr. Monica, she's an aromatherapist. She's, uh, I think she's based in uh, Las Vegas in all of her products. I mean, anything from health and wellness detox to literal candles and oils oh my goodness smells amazing so those are some of my top brands but there's so many more yo that's a lot and see you rattled that off see y'all i, I keep t- i keep ambushing people with, with these questions because nobody really knows the top five until they get on and i'm telling you camille just rattled this off she just she just had it like mm-hmm. like so yo, you really know your stuff so i i love it i love it I, you know what i might do some research because when i when i see it and I can, and I can, I can give it to my daughter. I'm like, yeah, you know, like, you try this. Yes. Out. She's like, oh, daddy. I'm like, yeah. And then I'm daddy of the year. You know what I'm saying? That's, and that's, that's what I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be daddy of the year. So thank you for that. I'm, I'm oh, definitely going to listen and re-record and write this stuff down because uh, I'll be forgetting. That. Well, you are definitely an entrepreneur, and and uh, so I guess the first question I I, I wanted to know because you you're wrapped up in entre- entrepreneurship from um your end personally and your brand 
Um, and then, and then you also help other entrepreneurs. So I guess the first question is when, when did you get that spark for entrepreneurship? Like what, what, what was the catalyst? Yeah. You know, I would say for me, I've always been a creative thinker and I've always like ideas. I mean, I feel like we're all raw conduits of like whatever's out there in the universe. And we all can, we all receive ideas that are big and grand. Um, I mean, maybe some aren't big and grand, maybe some, you know, some people perceive or receive ideas that are just, you know, a painting, a song. I'm one of the ones that always got different business ideas. Um, and I would say it wasn't until I was in grad school. So this is going back to um, like 2013, 2014, um, me graduating undergrad, going into grad school that I started to take my big ideas seriously. So I was, you know, on my back porch um, in that year between um, undergrad and grad school. And I'm just like, let me just write down all these ideas for once. Like, cause they always came to me and never really thought about them seriously, but some told me just write these ideas down and see which one really, really resonates with you. See which one, you know, has some actual potential and what's the worst that could happen if you take it seriously. And it wasn't until that point in time where I just had that one-on-one with myself. Like I was in a meeting, like a me meeting with me (laughs) and um, just like, hey, nobody throughout my, you know, immediate family circle, um, academic circle, societal circle is going to tell me to take any one of these ideas seriously. And I was just all like, Hey, what's the worst that can happen? So that's when I really started to dig a little deeper and I've always been into the beauty space. Um, and just seeing all of the different movement that was happening in the space, I knew that there was something going on, um, with my ideas. So that was the spark for me. It was like a, having a conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Some sometimes those conversations that you have with yourself, um, because I tell people all the time I talk to myself. Like it's it's Listen. me. I'm I'm usually pacing up and down, just sitting there trying to. I'm just I I'm a pacer. So if 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 I got a, something I need to crunch on, like I like I'll just be just pacing around, just mumbling to myself. I feel like I'm like Jay Z because I feel like that's how he is in the studio, you know? Right, I mean? right. Because he, he don't write his rhymes, so he just be like much mumbling. So I feel like I'm, I'm in my Jay Z zone when I do that. So that's what I'm I, at least you know having in my head. Like yeah, I'm, I'm a Jay Z of this right mm-hmm. now, you know? I'm mumbling. I, it could be uh, you know delusions of grandeur, but I'm, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna take it. <laughs> I'm gonna take it. But it, it's it's so important to have those conversations with yourself to to really figure out what you want to do and. Almost like you know, quiet the noise outside. So you being on a porch, like just sitting out there, um, you know, being in nature. Which, yeah. um, judging by your Instagram, as I as I um, research or stalk you, whatever whatever you want to call it, uh, <laughs> judging by that, you you are a, a very natural girl that that loves and, and appreciates nature. So I I can see why that was a quiet space for you to, to have that epiphany. Yes, yes, definitely. Birds, trees, green spaces enhance the the mental process for me. So, mm. yeah, definitely for me too. I, I think that's why I go on so many walks outside yes. instead of instead of hitting the, the treadmill. Like I still do the treadmill when I mm-hmm. when I really try to burn calories, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it it does help me focus. All right, so. Tell me a little bit about the company, because I, because like I said, you were highlighted. You were you glow girl um, nominee uh, for for the Vex Intellects on um, that podcast, and um, I had to keep up with you because I, I thought that uh, you know this innovation was just just so smart. Um, so tell me about the tell me about the journey and in your your journey into entrepreneurship. Yeah, absolutely. So like I said, I've always been into the beauty space, but it wasn't until I was going through my own personal journey with natural hair that I really started to um, participate differently uh, in the space and like learn myself 
through tending to this new hair texture that I was dealing with. Uh, and so I remember during some of those early stages when I was going natural, um, around that time, they weren't really called influencers. It was really vloggers, like YouTube people yeah. that were creating vlogs on whatever it was. And I noticed that there were a lot of these natural hair care bloggers. So there was like a rise in this content in these people that were like me that were like kind of figuring it out and sharing, you know, what has helped them along their journey and what helped them, um, you know, what kind of products they were using, what kind of techniques they were using. And uh, I started, you know, seeing the power of that community and that relationship building through these social um, forums. And around that same time, I think this was closer to 2014, 2015, I saw an increased number of um, these hair care brands, particularly that were selling direct to consumer mm -hmm. online. So they were bypassing, you know, I got to get into Walmart. I got to get into Target. I got to, you know, be on shelves. They were like, look, here's our Instagram. This is our website. Come buy from us. And I started seeing a rise in this type of, um, in, in this type of business model. And so me and my co-founder, Jacqueline, so Jacqueline, we went to Penn together. We were actually freshman year roommates and we were always, you know, ideating on like, how are we about to get rich? <laughs> um, being broke college students. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I took these ideas to her and was like, look, there's definitely something here. Like, let's really dig on it and unpack it and see what we can create. And so um, we have went through a bunch of different iterations of what fellow was going to be. And so for y'all listening, fellow means for everyone's love of hair. And now it's for everyone's love of hair and beauty because um, the more, so our first iteration of fellow, it was very much hair care centered um, just because, you know, our own personal experiences and just, you know, really being in the bubble of, you know, what we know. But then being a good entrepreneur, we had to learn quickly that it doesn't really matter what you think is right. It, re it really doesn't matter what you think is best. It's really what resonates with the market. And when we started doing more market research, we started learning that we weren't alone in our desperation for quality advice and information on pro hair care products. In fact, that wasn't even a hair care thing at all. It really was much more of a a beauty problem. Um, and the same rise in entrepreneurship that we were seeing with direct to consumer hair care brands, we were seeing it with skincare. We were seeing it with nail polishes. We were seeing it um, in all these different spaces. And then the super cool part we started keying into was that a lot of this movement on both sides of the market, so the content creation, um, which is democratizing how advertisement is working by influencers, as we call them now. And then on the other side of the market, these new businesses that were coming up, they were women-owned businesses, largely, um, largely women of color-owned businesses. And then when we started looking at the dynamics of the beauty industry for the past century for real, um, it's been largely owned by, largely owned and controlled by men and particularly white men. And so we knew that like, Hey, we have a group that we're a part of that we're in entrepreneurs and we can create a new avenue for them to really get out there. At the same time, we're understanding now that the power of social media and the power of, you know, sharing somebody steering your personal experience and building community with that experience was becoming more and more valuable to businesses that are up and coming and, and growing. Because right now you can't have a business without having a social presence. Um, so all of those elements kind of fused together what fellow came to be. So I love what you did with, you know, the whole creation with, with, uh, with fellow, because for me, um, again, talking about my my fourteen year old, she she searches so much on like you know 
Instagram and TikTok, you know, looking for different things. Like we'll spend a lot of time FaceTiming and she'll be telling me, and she, she knows I, I am clueless on it, but I'm listening. She know I, I'm, I'm, I love Brooklyn, so I'm going to listen. And so she'll, she'll, I will hear a lot of, um, oh, I tried this little hair t- technique that I found on TikTok and I'm doing this. And then, and then even when she's here and, and things that she want, like want to do with her hair, um, I don't really know where to look and I'm trying to Google and, I, and then you try to look at ratings. So like f- fellow is like for, I feel like, I feel like you, you made it for people like us. So, we, you know, we can just there and just, just go through it and, and find it out. So your journey, your struggle, trying to, trying to figure out your, and she's natural as well. So trying to figure out, figure out that journey and figure out who, to, who to go to. It really helps, you know, people, you know that, that that next generation that's that's looking that don't have to go go search everywhere. Yeah, no, that was our whole hope and intention is to really foster a community of um, like-minded people and have that community self-aggregate itself by whatever its interests are. So our beauty community. So let me just kind of break the fellow down because I know we throwing her around. So let me just explain what fellow is. So fellow is a social marketplace app for the beauty industry and so think instagram but make it conscious make it inclusive and make it just for beauty so our users our fellow community members they can upload their content like their beauty tutorials and product reviews all of that good content onto our social community people can follow each other they can browse and discover inspiration they can filter content by um, hair skincare grooming all of those different um, bigger buckets and really see you know find the content that resonates most clearly with them but the really cool part is that we didn't want to be like any other social platform that's just robbing users of their creativity and their time. We were like, nah, let's not do that. So whenever our users engage with us in ways that we love, like um, sometimes making posts, uh, always making product reviews and all that good stuff, we actually give them curl coins, mm. which are little monetary coins that they can redeem in our marketplace. And the marketplace is where independently owned beauty brands, uh, they can sell their products. So our whole goal was really to create create an ecosystem where one side of the market that's creating content, that wants to find inspiration and connect with others that may really share their needs, have that space to do that. But then on the other end, really create an avenue to empower this rising group of entrepreneurs that are creating things, creating products that are, you know, really with you in mind. They're they're creating stuff with love in it and really giving them the platform to get out there to the consumers. Yeah, I am. I, I love I love this. I am basically sending. Um, I found an app. It's located on the App Store, um, and uh, I am. Brooklyn just face Brooklyn just FaceTime me like during during this recording. So I'm telling her, hey, maybe I'm recording the podcast, but here's an app that I need you to check out. So I'm already forwarded to it right now. So this is great. That's this right. Is, this is great. So Yay. you got you got one more person in the app. I love it. I love this. I love what I, I love what you're doing for the community. This is this is love really great. It. Um now you're not just an entrepreneur, you know. So I I, I kind of want to get into this because, like I said, I was I was real nosy on your on your IG, and I was like, metaphysicist, like yeah, yeah, good. yeah, metaphysicist. <laughs> I want to I want to get into this. So, what exactly is that? What exactly is metaphysics for for people who may not know? Yeah, so I would say, you know, okay, we're very much. Um, aware of mm-hmm. our physical world around us, right? You know, we have right. the laws of gravity. We have the laws that if you throw something in the air, it's going to drop at a speed of 9.8, whatever, whatever it is. Like, it's been a long time since I took <laughs> physics. But metaphysics is the study behind the things that aren't, you know, in necessarily our three or four dimensional spatial realities. So, I would say we as human beings, we live in a four dimensional world um, where our axes of existence are um, 
this the space in between us like so we're 3d like we can touch our touch ourselves and touch the world around us but the fourth axis is time mm. um so we, we live in this bubble of four dimensions however there are dimensions and realities that far exceed our um human perception so just think if we are able to see the light spectrum of like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, like we know ultraviolet because some mm-hmm. people get burned by the sun. We know microwaves because it heats up our food. But there are spectrums of energy that far exceed our perception. And that's when you start getting into the met- metaphysics. So it's the it's like where spirituality and science intersect. It's like the things that are occurring that for a lot of people, it takes belief to believe in them. But there is a study um, of people that they're like spiritual scientists that um, are tapping into those outer spectrums and really learning how they influence um, our four-dimensional reality, even though we can't see them. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit about, about metaphysics. See, I find this extremely interesting um, for, for, for a couple of reasons. One, I, I have learned on this journey of, of, of doing this podcast that I am so much interested in, in things that are not necessarily explained with just, you know, words or or, or just the, the science on, on which we commonly practice or what quote unquote common knowledge is so you know so i've had you know um you know tarot card readers and um uh, uh, you know astrologists and and and, and things on, on and people like that on the show and so it's really interesting because you know since I'm, I'm always on tiktok um I, I on my fyp page i'll stumble upon this this guy and i, and I don't i don't know his name off the top of my head i'm, I'm probably going to add it to the show notes but he but he'll talk about you know the 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 you know third fourth fifth you know sixth dimensions and things of that nature and and then you know talked about how time was the fourth and you know and it is so what he breaks down is just so interesting on on what as humans we are so blind on we only think about what we can perceive and that's it yes. we don't think about it. anything else is out there right. and if you if we can't see it feel it or taste it or or t- you know in any 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 of those five senses then it doesn't exist. And that's so crazy because, you know, you 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 got you, we know we got planets. You can't you can't you can't always see them. You know, you people people are, are religious and they believe in God. You can't you can't see that. So it's 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 weird for people not to be able to relate to that, but they can relate to the stuff that they've it's been passed down from generation to generation. Yeah, no, absolutely. So one of my favorite, and this this is gonna show y'all how much of a weird nerd I am. But one of my favorite shows is probably mm. Ancient Aliens, <laughs> and it's on the History Channel. If y'all are familiar, um, so if you're into like ancient cultures and how um, ancient civilizations um, interpret religion, God, spirituality, it's it really bridges a lot of those intersections. I, I consider myself a true, a, a true spiritualist. Like I gravitate towards knowledge that is enlightening. Um, and just through my own personal research and personal studies, um, so many of these ancient cultures that, you know, like some things get passed down, um, and sometimes those pockets of ancient cultures, like there's no written text because the information was so potent and so powerful that it can only be shared really and truly and safely through um, generational um, like word of mouth, uh, generational sharing. And um, the the knowledge that a lot of the ancients had is, is just so far beyond our our mm-hmm. understanding of the universe and all and God and all the things that are around us today. I, I think right now we're living in a very washed down egotistical society, whereas um, a lot of where we came from was much more in, in the soul. Yeah. Um, but Hey, I think humanity, we on, we on our own, you know, evolutionary, we, we all, we all are evolving ourselves like as one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there, there's definitely some, uh, you know, 
there are definitely things that are mystified in and and mm-hmm. um what we believe that just didn't didn't really get passed down and and so I, so I I like you know metaphysics for that for that that fact that it demystifies uh, some some of these things. It does. Speaking of demystification, is that a word? Yes. Is that a word? You you went to Ivy League. I think you went to Ivy League. You tell me. You tell me. I don't know. You know, we just gonna say demystify, demystification. It's all yes, yes. We're demystifying things today. And and so so what we're gonna do is take a break. And after we come back from break, we're gonna just demystify some more things like that that uh startup uh you know mentality and some of these myths that that people have. I because look, y'all, Camille wrote this article. You know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So when we come back from yes. break, we're going to start talking about demystifying that startup culture and, and some of that mindsets that people may have that maybe they had in 2013, maybe they have in 2022. And Camille got y'all. So, Jared, damn, Camille, it's about damn time. All right. And we are back. It's about damn time. I'm here with with my good friend Camille. We're, we're more than social friends now, y'all, because, you know, we talking about matcha tea we are. over the breaks. We are. She put me on a matcha tea, so I'm about to go get some after this recording. It's, it's all good. It's all love now. So I love this. So, Camille, I've I been wanting to have you on the show for a while. Like, like legit, this is this is no bullshit. I, I had you on my on my list. I have a, I keep a list on my phone. And I and I was like, I just got to figure out the right the right topic for us to talk about. And I'm just trying to figure it out. And um, in late May, I was scrolling through uh, Instagram like I normally do, and I see this, this reel from you, which you you say you you have said on interviews and and, and elsewhere that, that you're an introvert, but but by your reel, you're not an introvert. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, I be friend. <laughs> <laughs> because I was highly entertained. I was highly entertained by by the reel, but you were promoting the the, the post that you made on 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 Jumpstart, uh, where you, where you start demystifying the startup life, and I I was like, that's it. I wrote it down before I even contacted you. I I, I wrote it down like. This is what I'm pitching to her. So, this is such a great article where you, you basically take, um, you, you basically go go from what this how startup the startup life kind of started right around circa what 2013, and um, you know you I like the way how you did it because you took these basically myths that that have that have been like demystified to a certain degree from 2013 and you pair you paired them with myths that are going on in this day and age now and then you and you kind of broke it down and talked to you talked about it so tell me about like the inspiration on on, on writing this and, and and what made you what made you kind of create this this content got you um so first and foremost let me just say <laughs> introverts be lit <laughs> and we got personalities okay we just can't be out here in public too much too much it, it'll exhaust our batteries True. but no no all that to say is so i'm an entrepreneur in residence at jumpstart and jumpstart is an organization that exists to serve other entrepreneurs in northeast ohio And so in my role, it's my job to um, help other entrepreneurs along their journeys, help spread education on, you know, entrepreneurship, especially in the tech space. Um, And so it was pitched to me originally um, that Jumpstart had this article that they came out with in 2013. And they wanted to, you know, shake it off, dust it off and uh, revamp it to make it relevant to 2022. And so I read the original article in, you know, about the different myths um, back then. And, you know, when I put myself back into 2013, uh, it's a great year, year I graduated from college. Um, but uh, a lot has, uh, I remember in that, in that time frame, you know, startup world was definitely, a, it, it was a buzz. It was a hummingness of like, yo, like, let's all like just quit our jobs and create something. Let's go pitch and like get this money. Um, apps were coming out. I remember, I think maybe my junior or senior year, 
um, Jacqueline, my co-founder, was like, Camille, you have to download Instagram. And I'm like, I ain't doing it. Like, this is stupid. Right. <laughs> and then look at us right. now. <laughs> um, so that's how the idea um, kind of came to me. It was like, hey, like, how can we revamp this um, article? And I'm like, well, maybe we don't really need to revamp it. Maybe we just need to look at if these were the myths that we felt about startup culture back then, what are the myths? How do they line up with where we are right now? And that's, that's how I just came up with the concept and started fleshing it out. And even me writing it was like, whoa, like it was me speaking to myself and some of the tropes that I got caught mm. up, like being an entrepreneur in this space. Yeah. I, I mean, exactly. I, I think it's so many things that, it, it kind of goes hand in hand when we talked about with, with, with metaphysics. There's so many things that people just take for fact, um, and, and without doing any research, without even you know, without you know, really considering all the possibilities. Yeah. And and so I, I like that you just demystified you know in every possible way in every facet of life. I love it. I love it. So I am not going to spend a whole lot of time on every point on this article because, quite frankly. It's, mm-hmm. the, I want everybody to go to it and read it for themselves because, again, that link is going to be right there in the show notes. So make sure you you click on the show notes. You you'll have that you have that link and go right to it. But, but one of the things that I I, I do love, I want to kind of highlight some of the some of the numbers and just kind of ask questions about it. So, like number two, you you talked about you know you know ventures and being backed and everything. So. How important is it for your venture to be backed financially? Yeah, so this is a really, really important concept that I found myself being tied up um, into the, like, we got to raise a million dollars culture. And, you know, I'm a woman, I'm a woman of color, so I'm at an intersection where venture capital dollars and access naturally don't stack up for entrepreneurs that look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, but not only that, I think when uh, I had to catch myself, you know, consuming so much of this uh, tech crunch, crunch base, whatever, you know, these four of 30 under 30, all of these entities that are they're, they they weren't really made to empower entrepreneurs. They were made to highlight people that already made it. And when you yeah. think about who already made it, a lot of times you have a disparity in who these people look like and the access they have in the earlier stages of their journey. For example, there's stats saying that um, uh, Black founders typically start out with between twenty to forty thousand dollars of their own capital in some way, shape, or form to get their idea off the ground, whereas white founders start off with around a hundred thousand dollars to figure it out. And so you have just these different disparities. Different disparities lead to people looking like they're further ahead or not further ahead, and then you have different, you know, outcomes that happen on Crunchbase and TechCrunch and Forbes and Bloomberg and all these other different media outlets. And so, I found myself consuming so much of that um, startup culture, saying like, "Look." if you're not venture backed, like clearly something's wrong with you, but I had to flip it. And that flip really um, started when I went to, it was, I think my first time going to the black women talk tech conference. And I believe Arlen Hamilton, um, the founder of um, backstage capital, she was one of the speakers and she was like, look, you're not venture backed. Be proud that you own 100% of your business. Like you're figuring it out, you know? And it, it, provided me a paradigm shift like like yo you know and to this day we've we've accepted um funds from friends and family and we're preparing for our first you know outside investor round in the pre-seed stage but uh having that paradigm shift of really you know saying like look we're gonna do this and we're gonna do this on our own terms and we're only gonna accept money that is in alignment with our core mission our core values it really provided us the um the the strong stance to say like hey like we literally did this without y'all and then now as i really step into this and when you look at statistics um one stat that i have found earlier this year was that 
um, Latina and Black women's own and led startups fail at a slower rate than all other startups. And you know, my thought here is that this, these are some of the most resource confined people building businesses and they're figuring it out. And so now it's like when we have the money to move, we're moving in a way where our $100,000 stretch so differently than somebody who didn't really have to struggle. It's really easy to spend a lot of money if you never had to figure out how to make it stretch. And so I think there's just a, a difference in mentality that is brought about, you know, this venture back thing. But I do want to say that not all startups, not all businesses need to have venture capital. So when I talk about venture capital from firms, the, these are investors that at the end of the day, they want to make 10 times the amount of money that they put into you out. And not all businesses need that type of capital. Right. Um, you know, if you are a, a small business and small business can still mean you make your way up to $20 million. Like it doesn't, that doesn't mean small numbers, but certain businesses do so much better with, um, with bootstrapping, with strategic loans, with strategic partners than it does with venture capital. So I just hope that we can demystify that you do not need venture capital to be successful at this point in your journey or in your entire journey. It really depends on you and when you pour your energy into making your business grow as opposed to making your business attract investors, you unlock things and you move differently. And that difference is going to make you much more suitable for success. Mm-hmm. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I, you said a lot of a lot of things that kind of come. All right. So two things. One, you made you definitely made me feel better about not having, you know, venture capital in, in creating the business. Because, I mean, you know, I would think that, you know, you know, podcasting you know it's small business and, I, and I, I i struggle i struggle with, with with asking people for money i struggle with the whole proposal thing i know i know i gotta get better at it it's it's, a, it's more so a pride thing on my thing i'm working on it i'm in therapy for it yeah i got it but but it, it does make me feel so much better that that you know you could be successful in that and then i think the second part of that for me is like i i just i just it's the world is such a small world so um as you mentioned, um, Arlen Hamilton, and, and I and I was like, oh, that name sounds familiar. Why does that name sound familiar? And I was like, oh, yeah, I remember because, you know, she wrote this book <laughs> called It's About Damn Time. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So uh, <laughs> I remember when I first put out the podcast, I, I saw that. I was like, oh, uh, look, at, look at that. So it's funny that, that you, you know, that was like the first, one of the first, uh, you know, conferences and things that you went to and, and with, with her and the, the, the tie-in there. And then I also saw, you know, in, in my extensive research uh, with um, a black girl ventures and, and, and how and how and how much, you know, you know, they, they kind of helped you in propelling uh, your business as well. And and I did not realize that until like today. And it was it's, it's really interesting because, I mean, I had Shelly Bell as a, as a shout out shout out of the week uh, a few weeks back, and and you know I had no idea. So yeah, yeah, it's all tied together, and I had no idea. Yo, yeah, it really is like, um, and that kind of goes back to um, just like understanding how to navigate the ecosystem, and by ecosystem, I mean the resources and stakeholders that exist in the startup world mm-hmm. world to to your to your benefit and. It wasn't until, you know, Jacqueline and I were maybe like three solid years into building Fellow that we realized that, hey, we can actually get money from grants. We can actually get money from pitch competitions. And we started reassessing our strategy to not just be running around in circles with investors, quote unquote, that were you're really early. You've been doing this for a while and you don't have any traction. And it's like, yeah, I can go back and forth about like why it 
it is the way that it is and why we didn't have access to these resources to figure it out much quicker to appease these investors. Um, But instead of doing that, we were like, look, let's just strategically apply to these opportunities, get into some accelerator programs and get non-dilutive, meaning y'all don't take ownership from fellow um, money. So getting grant dollars, pitch competition dollars, small loan dollars, and that really did help us bridge the gap between, okay, we have an idea, we need a little bit of money to continue to move it forward. Um, And yeah, and even to this day, it's like, we're not operating in a scarcity mentality, but it's like, we just not about to be spending money that doesn't make sense. And I think when you access those grants and, you know, things like that, it it really does help you figure out where to pour that money in that's going to have the biggest outcome for your business where you are. So non-dilutive funding first. Mm, mm. So yeah, that's the Ivy League word right there. I like that. I like that. Yeah, that non <laughs> <the> funding. <laughs> no, no, but you're so you're so right. I, look, oh, I love I love the tips that you're doing. So, um, so I want to go to number three. Number number three, you um, this this is where you kind of you, you kind of talked about, you know, I think the the 2013 one was you know it's you, you it's not just passion. You know, you, you, you it's going to take more than it's more than just passion. And then and then I think this one is. 2022 is it's going to take more than just just hard work and and you spoke about you know making sure that you you balance and prioritize because mental health is real and 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 founder burnout founder burnout when you said that i, I read i've read that that line like three times because it, it it struck Yo. me I, i've done episodes the last few weeks about burnout I, I, last week i was talking about how how burned out i was over the last two weeks of just interacting with people and trying to build a network because I, as I joke to you about being an introvert, I am too. And that's one of the reasons why I was in the bed and, and needed that matcha tea <laughs> because yeah, yo. it's so hard. It's so hard. It is, you know, and, um, and so to those points, it's like, yes, passion is important building anything, creating anything. Hard work um, is important, but I think m- what people don't understand and what typically leads to founder burnout is you are overloading the work. Mm -hmm. Consistency is so much more powerful than concentration in large sprints. Mm -hmm. And you got to figure out what that consistency means for you. Now, granted, I I'm stretching myself thin. <laughs> like, you know, I have fellow, I do have a full-time job working as an entrepreneur in residence. I'm an ecosystem builder in the city of Cleveland. So there's a, a lot of things that I have in the fire, but what I can tell y'all is I'm going to get seven hours of sleep every night. <laughs> like I, you know, as soon as the weather breaks, I mean, here in Cleveland, if y'all live in places that stay warmer longer, you know, it will, for example, when I lived in Florida, I would be outside amongst my palm trees here. It's, you know, amongst the regular trees, but um, I find the things that really add value to my well being, And um, you know, I know some people, they're going to tell you, you know, you got to work out, you got to do this. Like you, you, you need to figure out what's going to be healthy for right. you. Like number one. And the moment that you are not tending to what healthy means to you on top of overindulging in work, you are going to be out of whack. You're going to be unhappy. Your creativity is going to be stifled. You're going to be moody. And a lot of entrepreneurship and creation and creativity involves, um, you know, other people that are going to come towards you, other opportunities that are going to come towards you. Like when you put your, you, when you plant your feet in the ground and really set your mental intention of, this kind of goes into the metaphysics of this is what I want to birth into this world. You are now signaling to the greater world, people, opportunities, resources, and all these things that are going to start walking towards you for, to help elevate that birthing process of your creation. But if you are tired, if you are unhappy, if you are burnt out, you're not able to fully put that signal out there 
And when those opportunities come to you, you're going to be too tired to recognize them. You ain't going to see them. You're going to think they're distractions and it's just no good. So it really is important to tend to your well-being and that that looks different for everybody but my recommendation is go find a tree tell the tree thank you give it a hug and put your feet in some grass (laughs) that's one of my recommendations no i I, i've heard that 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 grounding technique about putting your feet in grass and um you know i you know i I, i'm a a taurus an earth sign so i've been told a a lot of times that i need in order for me to center it needs to be in nature um, I think it's, I think it's mm-hmm. probably why I start going outside, but I probably do need to take that time to to be at a park and, toes and, put, in the and grass. put my toes in the grass. Exactly. Um, and I, the, the one time I did that, I think it was last year. I was I was trying to do that. I I ended up shooting myself in the foot because I I got a phone call that I had to sit there. There was an argument. And I and it took oh. and it just took the whole thing away. I just I just put my shoes on. It took the moment away. Yeah, I put my shoes oh. on and left. I went to go get some Chinese food and lay down. So. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. It'd be like that. So I'm definitely gonna have to try it again. So I I love that you gave a tip about you know how to how to balance and prioritize to avoid that because uh, like, like I said, it's I love that statement that you made about making sure that you you. Re- you refresh and avoid burnout because you can miss opportunities. And that strikes a chord to me because there's so many times where we, we got our head down just trying to grind and grind. And then these opportunities are like knocking on top of our head and we, we can't be bothered to look up. Cause we like, I, I, I yep. gotta finish this. I gotta finish this. So yeah, I'm definitely guilty of that. Um, and I think my next one, like number seven kind of ties in to the burnout part because you spoke about, um, you know, a, a COO and how important it is to have one. And of course, you know, of course you have one. Um, how, how important is it that, that, to have somebody that, that, that does the day-to-day operations when, when you, um, maybe that, that more, uh, idealistic, uh, person that, that come up with the creative ideas and the, and the strategy, how important is that? Yeah, I would say, you know, Having any kind of business, like I'm not going to knock solopreneurs, Um, any entrepreneur that is stepping forward to doing what they feel that they're called to do is I'm going to give you your props. The, The thing about it, though, is that when you have two people that are in alignment with the greater vision, but complement each other in their skill sets, that's when you really can go further with much more endurance. Like, I think there, I don't know if it's a Chinese, um, you know, ancient Chinese, like, uh, uh, type of analogy, but it's like, it's easier to break one stick than it is to break two sticks at a time. So it's like when you have somebody that is um, by your side that can supplement, you know, the skill sets that you have, you're able to delegate, operate and move differently. And sometimes that's a partnership. Sometimes it's, you know, like finding the right person that is like at the right price point, it it just could look differently for different types of arrangements. But I will say, you know, having a co-founder in any type of endeavor is going to, it, I mean, it could be, if if it's not, if it's not a good partnership, I'm not saying forced partnerships because it is like a marriage, but Um, It really can be the thing that helps a business sustain the hard times because there will be ups and downs, period. Um, And those downs can feel, they can feel real down. And um, when you have somebody that is experiencing those with you and that can focus on certain aspects and you can focus on the others, uh, you can bounce back quicker. And then another tip is that CEOs, chief executive officers, you have to, as soon as possible, remove yourself from the operations of the business. Mm -hmm. So you as a CEO, you cannot be working in your business 24-7. 
at that point, you are an employee of your business and you cannot operate at the level of strategy, of vision, of like grand scale, the things that are really going to like propel you forward um, directionally because you're working in the business. And I think a lot of um, solopreneurs get tied up in, well, I got to do this. I got to mail this. I got to, you know, I got to clean the bathrooms and, you know, all of these things that are not tied to the, you should be working on the business, not in the business. And that's the line that, you know, as soon as possible, I encourage all um, business owners to, to make for themselves and to supplement who's going to be working in the business. So you can really work on the business. Yes. Yes. So see, now this is the, this is the one that I, I like, this is my favorite part of the article because this is where I, I told you before where I felt like he was talking to me because, <laughs> because I, I am a, I am a solopreneur and um, I, I, I can only speak from my perspective. I cannot speak for others. It sucks. It sucks because it's all on you, and and I don't I don't know how your dorms were, um. But for me, it I I try to I try to go with this comparison. You know how you know how it went from like winter to spring and started getting hot, and if you in if you're in a dorm room and they had to monitor the 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 weather for a few days because it took a while for it to switch on from the heat to the air conditioning. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. That's what it is for me to to go from that creative aspect from CEO stuff to to the operations part it's it takes uh it takes like a a day or two for me to like move into that can i do both you gotta switch yeah mm-hmm. I, can i do both sure do i want to do both hell no like mm-hmm. i just i just mm-hmm. want to create i want to i want to i want to be that visionary i want to be that that chief visionary officer like you i want to i want to be that that person that i can come up with the ideas and and like but that 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 day-to-day that keeping the business afloat happy to sit that be so rough yeah no i mean and to be honest though i mean your feelings are probably the norm Mm. um and to that you know i would say it's like all businesses don't necessarily need a co-founder but i think all businesses need to have people outside of that one chief visionary, chief um, executive officer that are aiding in the operations. And it's really, really, really tough, especially as you're a growing business to be able to pay somebody to do X, Y, and Z. Um, But that's also why it's important to have, you know, and to grow, like to your point, like to continue to grow networks Mm -hmm. of support. Um, you'll find that like for a certain stint of your, um, journey, somebody might be there to help and they, they want to be there to help because they want to build up a skill set that they are there, that they're interested in. Maybe it's graphic design and they're like, look, I really just need to indulge in this, you know, space so I can get my graphic design portfolio together and, they want to do that for six months and they can do that by helping, you know, a solopreneur kind of create graphics for their social pages. And it's like, you know, having that network um, allows you to, you know, kind of have those conversations, but I'm like you too. So I'm a Scorpio. We don't like asking nobody to do nothing. (laughs) Like we just don't, (laughs) it's pride thing, but it is just, you know, like, Hey, you know, step into the play with authenticity. And if it lands, it lands, if it resonates, it resonates. And you'll find that there are, if, if you're supposed to be doing what you're doing, those things, they're going to come towards you to aid in the process. We just got to be willing to take that one step and initiate that one question. Yeah. All right. You, you convinced me. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for operations manager because I, I i originally i was telling people before i started thinking like business-wise i was like man i just, i'm the talent now i just need somebody to, to manage my career and and essentially yeah essentially yeah. that's what the operations manager is, is going to do just to do that day-to-day stuff so and, it's, and, it's, and, I'm, and i'm glad you say that it's not just me um because i i actually remember having a conversation with a friend that's that's also a content creator and um and I, she ended up calling me upset that she had created her LLC. And I was just like, 
what are you talking about? Congratulations. What, what do you mean? She was like, this ain't what I wanted. I, I, I you know, like, you know, LLCs and, and business licenses and, and taxes and, and all. I, I just want to do the stuff that I want to do. And I, yo. and I felt her. Like, I felt her so much. I was like, yo, I get it. I get it. I'm like, you, you got to outsource. And she was like, I ain't got no money for that shit. <laughs> she was I know. And to, I was about to say, and to that point, too, so I'm not saying, like, by day one, you about to figure it all out. Right. Because to this day, guess who does fellow taxes? It's me. <laughs> you know, I'm like our accountant slash, you know, I do. We have some administrative support now, but it's like I still wear a lot of hats and the hats that I wear are some of them I still don't like to do. But guess what happens when we do have our chief financial officer that is running our books that are getting all of our KPIs and data together and seeing how the cash flow works. If something don't look right, guess who's going to know? It's going to be me because I made myself learn that skill set, even though I really didn't like it. Um, so there is a balance too. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've learned that I'm good at certain things, um, even if I don't like them. And I need to just figure out how to not um, have those things that I'm good at though I don't like them, take up the majority of my time. Uh, and so you still got to wear multiple hats. I feel outsourced when you can, but some things are worth learning and doing yourself too. Exactly. I, I agree. I agree. And you kind of, mm-hmm. you do have to also know um, what that person is doing. So, so you still got, you still yes. got to learn. You can't just be, you, you can't, can't blindly just trust, just trust that person. Yeah. 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 So it makes a lot of sense. All right. Camille, you have been absolutely great. You dropped a lot of great tips, but I need you to drop three more. So, okay. <laughs> so, put my thinking cap put on. Put your thinking cap on. Tell me three pieces of advice that you would give to a person that's interested in 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 creating a startup. Okay, so number one, I'm gonna say, do it because you want to do it. And don't do anything for the money. Um, That's just really, really important because so many people, I think in today's society, in today's culture, we tie monetary wealth to success. And that's so far from the actual truth. Granted, like, I can't wait to have more money, like to make my life a little more easier. But when you start making decisions based on money, when you start hiring people based on money, when you start doing all of these things in alignment towards getting to more money, that has really nothing to do with your interpretation of um, happiness and, you know, your quality of living. And so do things because you you want to create and not creating to make money. Number one. Number two, do not wait for somebody else's approval to start whatever you're starting. Um, Nobody is, there is nobody paid on this earth to say, hey, you know what, Camille, you should go ahead and start that. Nobody is going to tell you to start. And so I think it's just really important to know that you're never going to feel ready. You're never going to know all the things that you need to know. I still don't know all the things that I need to know. But it's not until that you until you start, um, all of those things that you need will, again, start finding themselves, finding its way to you. And then the last thing I'm going to say is you always have to be learning. I think that goes kind of sort of into um, number two, but... Like myself, I consider myself a life learner. All like all human beings, like the whole human experience is literally just <laughs> a big ass like quest of learning. Mm-hmm. And the moment you stop learning is the moment you stop growing, you stop expanding. And I would say, you know, all the experiences that you endure, like whether in the moment they're perceived as bad or good, they all have some inherent value. And that inherent value is you learn. And so on Team Fellow, we say losses turn to lessons. And so whenever we take an L, 
we spent money doing something. We had a contractor that it just didn't work out. We take that L and we learn from mm. it. Yeah. yeah. I like that because uh, secretly I, well, if you're my friends, you, it ain't secretly, but secretly I've taken a lot of L's over the last couple of years. We and, all do. You know what? When I take that L, but I'm, I'm, my friends, the people who listen to me the most, God bless them, because I because I tell them about that deal for like for, for like a good two or three months because I'm stuck on it. But I guess what? I'll never make that same mistake again. Never again. I know that's right. So great pieces of of advice, uh, Camille. You, this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. Like for real, I've really enjoyed this. Um, so before you go, just just kind of you know rep your set, if you will, let, let everybody know. What, um, what you're doing and where they can find you at. Absolutely. So you all can definitely connect with me on multiple platforms. So hit me up on Instagram at Camille underscore Janice, G-E-N-I-S-E. Um, also hit me up on LinkedIn, um, Camille. Uh, and then check out fellow if you are a beauty lover or if you're just like look i don't know what i'm doing but i know i need some some self-care go ahead and download the fellow app it is f-e-l-o-h for everyone's love of hair um download the fellow app check us out and yeah i'm happy to stay connected in any way if y'all have questions thoughts you know you want some advice hit me up I'm here for it. See, see, this that's how you know she a real one, y'all. She she like hit me up. She ready for y'all. She is ready for y'all. Hit me up, so y'all. Hit her up. Hit her up. I did. And and I, and I got her on the podcast. So Yes. <laughs> it's been absolutely great. Yes. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. Thank you for joining me this week on this About Damn Time. Hey, if you like what you heard, follow this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and IG and join the conversation on this week's episode. Link to all my socials in the show notes. You can also show love by simply giving me a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, for more blogs, pods, and other digital content, go to thewholedamnshow.com. Until next time, I'll see you next week.